2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The
1: Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Every time I hear this song, rest of my life, thanks for ruining it for me. Al and Tipper Gore and Bill and Hillary Clinton. This was their song when they were running for president, and I, can just, I can just picture them when they won the presidency and the nomination on stage
4: dancing around with this song. Perfectly good song I liked, Ruin, by Alan Tipper Gore dancing to it. One of their many sins. Uh, please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, one of our faves in years, Lanhee Chen, uh, David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies uh it, at stanford university and a recent guest on uh, special port with brett bear awesome in which he acquitted himself quite beautifully lon how'd you like that experience Well, thank you oh yes yeah, thank was, you I, you know it's
2: a, it's, a, it's a good show it's a good show it's a great and, show uh, and you know brett's a, brett's a
4: very good guy
2: so uh enjoyed it
4: yeah and it's a serious news show and uh, anyway i'd be nervous as hell to be on that panel but you're You're an eminent man. You handled it well. So well done. Uh, So listen, a lot of national polls in the news recently, including the one outlier that freaked people out briefly. But uh, is there any point in national polls when that's not how we pick candidates in the primary system?
2: Boy, that's a great question, Um, because and it's not something that a lot of media talk about. You know, they spend a lot of time hyperventilating over these national polls and what each one means. But the the polls that matter are are the ones in the early states like Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada. Uh, Obviously, those polls don't tend to come out until we get a little closer to those to those uh, elections. And there are a few polls in those states, like, for example, in Iowa, the Des Moines Register poll is considered the gold standard. And that's the one we really ought to pay attention to. But it's a great point. The national polls at this point of the campaign are relatively meaningless. They're name ID polls. You know, they're polls about who knows who. And that's why I, you know, my argument for why Biden, I think, is still doing relatively well is because, look, people know who he is. He's a known commodity. He's got a little bit of that Obama halo effect around him for Democratic primary voters. And that's why he continues to do relatively well.
3: I have one question that I'm personally interested in the answer, and I hope the listeners are, too, because we've been discussing this. We'll poll them. Do Bernie and Elizabeth occupy the same territory enough that if one of them gets out, the other one gets most of their supporters, as in Biden usually has those two added together? And it seems like if one of them got out, you'd have a tie between either Bernie and Biden or Elizabeth and Biden.
2: Yeah, that's the argument I've been making. I've been saying that really for Biden, the worrisome fact is that you've got a relatively high percentage of Democrats who affiliate with either Warren or Biden. Let's call it the far left of the party. So, you know, the, the poll where Biden was uh, w- was in trouble earlier this week that came out from Monmouth University had essentially Warren plus uh, Sanders at 40 percent and had Biden somewhere around 20 percent. And, and so while I think it's the case that the vast majority of Bernie's support would go to Elizabeth Warren and probably vice versa, uh, it's probably not all of them. But it's enough that if I were the Biden campaign or if I were any other candidate trying to run a more moderate strategy in the Democratic Party, I would be concerned about how big that number is. Because that block is clearly the ascendant block within the Democratic Party. But. And, and when you start to look at it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big number.
3: But. The way they do things, as we saw with Trump, all you got to do is beat the rest of the people.'t you, Your number doesn't have to be that big as long as you beat everybody else if everybody stays in the race. So is there going to be a lot of pressure on either Bernie or Elizabeth to get out? Otherwise Biden bests them both because they split the, they, they split their number.
2: So that I, I think there will be, but the interesting question is who applies pressure to who and, and who decides to bow out so far? if you'll observe from the debate, by, uh, Warren and Sanders have been very friendly with each other. They haven't attacked each other. They've been very supportive on the campaign trail. They've barely, if at all, kind of uh, hit each other. And, and, and so at some point in the campaign, as the field narrows, and let's presume that Biden and Warren and Sanders are in there for at least the you know, next several months, which I think is true. I think Bernie and Warren have some staying power, and I think Biden does too. At some point, there's going to have to be an ego matchup. And someone is gonna to have to say, look, okay, fine, it's it's pretty clear that my you know, this is not my time. And the question is, do you see Bernie Sanders stepping aside? Do you no. see Elizabeth Warren stepping no. aside? Right now I don't see either of them no. stepping aside. So then what do, do? Hey, know, let, what do they do?
4: Let me pipe in with the latest Des Moines Register poll um of the uh, the Dems. Uh Biden has twenty four percent. Um Bernie is in second with sixteen percent and Warren really in a tie at fifteen percent. That adds up to 31% of likely caucus goers um, to Biden's 24. Now, that doesn't mean there's no chance one of them drops out, so that won't happen. But I wonder if you know how Alani, the the media is number one, stupid. And number two, you can win (laughs) Iowa by a tenth of a point. Or even be Rick Santorum and actually win, but nobody talks about it because they misfigured. But the media will scream, uh, you know, uh, Biden wins Iowa, Biden wins Iowa, Iowa, Biden with momentum, blah, blah, blah. He won by a tenth of a point, and we're about to have the other votes. Will that be the case if you got Liz and the old guy, uh, Bernie, with a combined 31% to Biden's 24
2: Yeah. I mean, you don't have to win by much. You just have to have to be able to claim that you won. And remember that in past elections, the story in Iowa has been not necessarily who wins, but who finishes second or who demonstrates momentum or who finishes better than expected. So there could be a lot of different narratives coming out of Iowa. And, you know, the the results you mentioned there, you know, Biden, you know, with maybe what was it, a five or six point lead? Yeah, barely uh, have 30 seconds, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's not very much given the margin of error of that poll. That poll probably had margin of error of four or five points. So we'll have to see. But the Iowa contest, in my mind, is more important this cycle than in any previous Democratic cycle because the field's so big and it's so crowded on that progressive left. So we'll have to see what happens.
4: That's interesting. Yeah, indeed. Lonnie Chen of the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, Uh, always enlightening. Uh, Sorry for the short uh, chat today, but we're a little behind. But thanks a million. Good to talk. Thanks. Thank you.